0: Welcome to Diary of an Unemployed Actor with me, Milo Denison. Each week I speak with up-and-coming actors, actresses, and filmmakers about the entertainment industry. We discuss success, failure, and share a few tips to inspire those of you who have a passion for the creative arts. This week I'm speaking with Quinn Angel. He is a Texas-based actor who's been working for quite a number of years, primarily I shouldn't say primarily, he's done theater, film, and voiceover, and we primarily focus on voiceover for the purpose of this conversation. We also swap a few uh, theater stories. All right, no more introduction needed. Here you go. So is your last name pronounced Angel? Is that right? Yep, you nailed it. It's okay. Angel. Okay, we we'll make sure it wasn't like angle or, you know, some unusual pronunciation or something.
1: It's all good. I've had, uh, I've had people go, Angel, and I'm staring going, I... I'm way too pale for that. I I don't want to try and take that from someone else. That's, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not that interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. It's like, I'm white and then more white somehow.
0: Most people I talk to want to be actors at a young age. They're like, I want to be actors. Or even it's something they've always thought about. like I just uh, talked to a guy last week who's in his, uh, 50s when he got into acting and it was one of those things oh, okay. he always wanted to do but then finally got into it you however didn't really have an interest in it
1: it took really it took a minute for it to really click like i enjoyed the idea of it and i was being told like tens like oh you're so dramatic you should get into theater like things like <laughs> that. you know i'm like wait that's not a compliment <laughs> no but then i did at about yeah Around eight, my mom's because my when I was a kid, my parents got divorced, and my mom started dating this guy that she had known for seven and a half years, who's also an actor, and he was why I got into it. I'm gonna tell a quick offside because it's a funny story to me. All right. They went to college together for a little bit, like they met, not went to college, they met at college, and they both had a crush on each other, and no one made the first move. So seven years pass, and both their friends know. And none of their friends go, Hey, by the way, she likes you. Or by the way, he likes you. Just like, really? Oh, really? You decide to not help a friend out? No. At some point you'd be like, you got, you know, just go ask her out. You know, why don't you do yeah, that? Like I, like really I have, if a friend isn't willing to do that for you, I question that level of friendship. <laughs> that friendship like, exactly. <laughs> I go, By the way, like I'd let a friend know immediately. It's like, Oh, absolutely. I got you, bud. No, but, um, so he uh does voiceover work as well he's he i you probably you know dragon ball z he probably mm-hmm. he did uh the role of trunks um so he's so he's done a lot of voiceover work over the he's done some dragon ball z uh desert a bunch of other shows but he was it was pretty early in his career relatively when i first met him so you know when he's trying to kind of get to know me and all that i remember actually he um uh, for I went to, there was a convention in Dallas cause that's where I'm, where my family lived. And so he, we were all hanging out there, my mom and he, and he was like trying to, you know, impress the, uh, you know, his girlfriend's son and all that. He's like, you know, look around all the vendors and all, I was like, Hey, if there's anything, Hey, pick one thing. It's like, you know, and I can get it for you. And I know. And I was like nine or 10 and incredibly awkward. And so I was like, okay. And I looked, looked around and I, I look I picked up a pencil eraser. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and he's like, there's a deal for two. I'm like, no, just one. He's like, okay. <laughs> but um, he was the reason I got into it. Yeah. Uh, he rec- he was like, he asked if I was interested. And in I was like, okay. And so I started taking classes at a children's theater. And then I around 14, I did my first play and did that for a couple of years. And my parents were like, "Well, thank God it's not football." So they were uh <laughs> they're like, "That's good. He's not going to get a brain injury." Exactly. No concussions. And then I gave myself a concussion in high school from theater. Really? Yeah. <laughs> a, light, a a light fell on your head? Something like that. No, um I was in a musical and I was running around backstage. It was for and it was my off night. I was my on nights I'm a, one, I'm the lead and then my off night I'm ensemble and I we well, I'm supposed to get on stage with the lead for something. I don't even remember what. And the first time I forgot, this is the first time I forgotten I'm where I'm supposed to be. And so I'm just like, start walking off. I go, what am I forgetting about? And I'm like, Oh shit. And so I turn around, sprint the opposite way, like cutting through all my <laughs> friends and I run through backstage and there's a two by four that's painted black, that exactly the right high. And I'm spring full force to go boom. I don't oh. even remember hitting it. I just, I just remember being on the ground going, how did I, Get here. So, did you
0: get out on stage, or was it like I, somebody had to go out and cover for you?
1: I did it. I I had a giant nom. I had, but I was like, I had hippie long hair, so I just moved my hair to cover this giant, you know. <laughs> but and then I did it, and I sat. I did the rest of the show fine-ish. I sat down in the audience, and I was seventeen, and the mom of one of my uh, castmates comes up to me, and is like, "Hey, Quinn, you seemed a little." Off tonight are you okay and, and like and i i just happened to be like feeling it. i moved and she saw and went holy shit <laughs> the call, texted my parents immediately I, was like, I think your son may have a concussion get down here <laughs> that's hilarious like oh crap something's not right here exactly exactly geez yeah i crazy things happen during a muse during a show it's kind oh, of yeah. funny you don't think about i mean i remember it reminds me of, you remember when they had uh, that musical spider that Spider-Man musical in New York that I was yeah. running? I got to go see it. I didn't want to see it, but I was going to the group of theater people and it was one of the, and it's like this or something else. And I'm like, please, the other thing. And everyone goes, go, <laughs> let's go see Spider-Man. I went, ah, dang it. So went to see it and I didn't care for it, but it, because you know, there was like millions of dollars of losses because of injuries during that show. And we got to see the, you know, they're on a, a zip line, basically the Spider-Man actors, you know, to like to show how fast he is swinging and all that. And it busted in the middle of like the guy going over the audience, it stopped in the middle. so this guy's just hanging <laughs> over the audience and looking back at us. And we're looking at him and it's like, If the if the line is two a quarter of an inch off or something like that, it will stop. And so for half an hour, this poor actor is just hanging over the audience and starts doing random things like does the Superman pose and all that, like running man. (laughs) (laughs) That's a mad respect for that person. I wish I knew who that was.
0: Yeah. Well, especially because you've got that harness probably like riding up on you and uh, squeezing all your junk in there and everything.
1: I know that just sounds like I'd I'd be getting couple I'd be getting way higher in my voice. i like, well, I guess I'm ruined now. That's funny for
0: such a high value production. You'd think they'd have things like that worked out where that wouldn't happen so often.
1: I think though well, that's probably why that it stopped like that because it's a safety mechanism. So it's oh. like if it goes too far off, it may snap. So that's why it stopped. So it's like you know to minimize the <laughs> number of injuries. I mean. Honestly, a lot of those high flying ones are really dangerous, but um, I'm sorry. I keep getting distracted. I, yeah. <laughs> I keep getting distracted <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into
0: like a uh, voiceover stuff. Cause you do quite a bit of voiceover and yeah. uh, what, what is it about kind of that got you into voiceover? Was it your father-in-law was it uh it's just another Avenue of performing. Cause you obviously do theater and film as well, but. Uh...
1: Well, yeah, I, um, I was back. It was a, uh, I was doing my undergrad because I decided to go study theater. I decided finally in about, yeah, college to study theater. That's what I wanted to do. And I went to University of North Texas for it. And uh, during the time I was there, I went, I decided to check in looking for these auditions for the place that does most of the voiceover dubs in um, Texas, where most of the one, like one of the main ones in the United States. And that's in Flower Mound, which is like 45 minutes away from where I went to school. So I decided to go to an open call audition and I made a point. I didn't want, I didn't, I tried not to tell anyone who I was or anything like that because I didn't want anything, any bias going towards me. I wanted it to be, it'd be something I earn on my own because I, I have very little respect for the whole mound nepotism that can go into the industry. And so I wanted to, i wanted to get for myself
0: so because your father-in-law is a well-known voiceover actor that was didn't my want stepdad step, yeah uh, yeah, or, yeah what did i say sorry yeah father-in-law your stepdad <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry it's all good man it's all good <laughs> you know you never know might be the same whatever who knows <laughs> <laughs> it's the south what's Come the ton? isn't God. that how it works down there God. <laughs> not that deep of south all right, not that, all right. okay Okay. Sorry. Yes. Your stepdad. Uh so because he's a well known voiceover actor, you didn't want people to be like, hey, you know, this is his uh this is his son. We'll, we'll give him kind of a step up.
1: Yeah, exactly. I didn't want preferential treatment. So although it was funny, of course, the person who did my audition I knew. So I'm like, Oh, oh hey, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully he didn't recognize me for a second. So I'm like, all right, it's all good. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> but did it, got in and uh did you know they did walla like a lot of background voices and i did mostly that for a while and uh so that's my that's how i really got into it, is i went is i found out when the open call was i signed up for it but now they don't do it anymore because <sighs> there was an issue with a lot of people who aren't actors coming in for that that was a big issue is that a lot of people who Like there's nothing wrong with enjoying anime and all that, but there are a lot of people with no training and all that going, Hey, but I can do a Goku voice or something like that. It's like, no, that's not what they, that's not what we want. We, we already have a Goku. We already have, we already have Sean Shimmel. We already have all these people. We need you to know how to act and so that we can put you in things.
0: You're right. A lot of people probably like, Oh, I do this funny voice. I should be a voiceover actor or something like that, but don't really kind of realize that you are still performing in a lot of ways. So how, how does that performance change from say voice versus film like what what are you doing that kind of really makes it kind of stand out and kind of get those voiceover gigs
1: well it's just with voiceover it's kind of like you've got the stories being told with your voice especially in doing an audition or something like that you've got to be able to tell the story of what's going on and kind of be able to imbibe the character and what they're going through in that moment especially an audition for voiceover when you have Oftentimes you have no very little context of what's going on or really exactly who that person is. Like no one odds are there's a good chance. No one's going to tell you he had a tragic backstory. His village was burned down. I mean, sometimes they'll tell you that, but there's a certain level of detail that maybe the director doesn't know yet or has missed. And so you're kind of just by your own voice versus with film, you've got all these things going on to kind of help tell a story, your expression, your the mostly oftentimes it's in your eyes from film versus, on voiceover, which it relies on your voice to be able to tell exactly what's going on, the feeling and all that. And so it relies a lot more on your voice versus film, which relies on the whole thing. But yeah. Do you bring the performance kind of up
0: or down? Because I'm thinking stage and film, right? So on stage, you kind of go a little over versus film you kind of maybe go a little under or you know keep it a bit more subtle where does voice kind of rank rank in that in
1: it's coming nowadays it seems to be more and more they want more naturalistic they want more film versus theater theater they want the training of theater but they want you, but they want you not to bring it in not to bring bring it down but bring it internal for the uh when you're doing voiceover film from what i've noticed it seems to be they want it more naturalistic and i've noticed a lot of the casting calls are like that and so they want they don't want cartoony and anime really as much anymore yeah there's some shows where it's like yeah that's definitely given you this is out there and all that but as a general rule it's been a thing that they want it to be more natural more lifelike in how in how we just how a regular person talks
0: Speaking of that, do you go in sometimes with a character in mind or is it more your natural performance voice and then you adjust it based on any feedback that they give you in the room?
1: Oftentimes, um, okay. So for example, the role that I most, that I've kind of that, um, I booked that into this last year to really, has been, um, it's from Golden Comley and, um, the voice was actually a bit part. It was originally thought it was supposed to just be a wall a bit. So it's like, you know, thought it was just a bit one line off. And that was it. And then it turns out later on, it's actually like one of the bad guys, right-hand men, basically. It's like, oh, okay. And so I had picked the voice. I would look because usually you get to kind of, you do like, you know, one go where you see like the Japanese version, and then you go for a run of you doing the line or whatever. And so it's, you have that fast to make your choices, you know, so in especially in Wallace Sessions. so i kind of so i got to look at it and i kind of i picked a less a, a deeper voice cuz a so he's a soldier so you try and match what in your head looking at what he looks like that this is this is what he's probably going to sound like and try and make it not go too crazy about it, but try and bring it closer to the character while still sounding natural about it
0: yeah so they'll show you what the character looks like and you kind of try to quickly create a voice for how you feel that character should sound
1: yeah and i mean they help sometimes they do give you you know they have the japanese one but you don't want to, obviously you don't want to do that but so i did you do your own thing but it helps especially if it's like if it's like a super deep voice you're not gonna go hey right is that so is that a,
0: a japanese animation that they're now dubbing into english uh golden can, say it again
1: kam- Kamoi, Kamoi, kamui kamui okay kamui yeah mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully I'm not butchering it. It'd be terrible for three years. I'm just butchering the like <laughs> They're like, this, this white guy keeps messing it up. Every One of these time. days they'll be like, how did this guy work
0: here? Like <laughs> in all this time and still not just, uh, can't pronouncing it right.
1: <clears throat> I know it's like, really? He messes this up and he can, <laughs> he does Russian in the show. Really? He can. T- no, but um, yeah, it's golden comedy. It's been going on for a couple of years. It's season three is it's in season three right now, and it seems to be kind of when I've been doing the most of my work because, well, as part of it, I had to, they give me, they give me the, uh, the I have to, I've had to translate, like, do a translation of Russian. So I'm like having to speak Russian a little bit while talking because we're like in a part of, a, in a region that has a lot of Russian people. And so I've had to learn to speak some Russian through, but thankfully it's like the pronunciation. I'm like given a lot of time to work on it because I don't naturally speak Russian, obviously. So it's something I've had to work on, but it's, it's been a fun challenge. How's your Russian accent? Uh, Not doing well. (laughs) I'm doing the words. So I don't have to do the accent, thankfully, but. uh, So everything you say is in Russian for this character? Uh, No, 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 no. It's like, uh, I'm like a translator, a soldier who like, so this is set in like uh, after the Russo-Japanese war. So. My character was a translator from then. He was a Japanese soldier who had to learn to speak Russian. And so, occasionally, I'll have to communicate with someone. And so, um, uh, with the, sorry, I'm trying to think how to put this because I don't want to do any spoilers. I'm like, hold on. Yeah. But uh, no worries. I'll have to like try and uh, find a person who's been missing. So, I have to like go, where's this person? And all that. And occasionally, I'll have to threaten someone. And there's one where I threaten to cut off someone's finger and I. I'm trying to remember which one it was. I can't remember for life of me which one which one Because there's a couple I still remember of the Russian. It's like, um uh this one I think is like, Have you seen this man? Nikoton is not yet evil or something like that. Sounds Russian to me. Yeah. So how did you then get this part? If you don't natively
0: speak Russian, and so I'm curious what the with a audition story and how you got the part.
1: Well, it's like I said, it was originally a bit part, and they didn't know who he was actually, and so it was more of a surprise, like oh. And then third season, everyone went, oh, he speaks Russian actually, <laughs> and so it was more like I had already got the part in season two, doing more. I did like a, like a bit of an Indiana Jones type of episode where I was like fighting the good guys in season 2 and then season 3 then we find out that I have to speak Russian and so they sent me um some stuff about you know like the um the words as well as like the how to pronounce it and so I spent I would spend like a week getting ready just working on it and so thankfully thankfully I'm not having to do like a whole entire paragraph speaking in Russian because I'm happy be like I just immediately start sweating. Like I don't know, man. Maybe I maybe I should go in hiding or something.
0: So, what's the story with the uh, dildo then?
1: Okay, that is actually
0: because <laughs> we can talk about that on this podcast. That's fine.
1: Yeah, there was a... okay. That's um, from this. Okay, that was back in theater. I was in a musical called You Know You Know Rent. Every, yeah, everybody knows Rent. Everyone, yep. everyone knows Rent. Everyone. God help us. So, um, it is. I was in the, the it was I was 21 at the time and I had gotten dragged into it cuz personally I'm not a huge fan of rent. Not because of the material, I just I just don't much care for it. I think it's a little everyone's dying, everything's terrible. I'm like, "Okay." But um I was cast in the chorus as like uh I was what the director put as, "Here, you are a drunk homeless Santa." And so I was like, "Great." And so I dressed up I got a, I had a Santa outfit. I trashed the shit out of it. Made it look terrible, and had a a, a maker's mark bottle that I filled with tea. That I man messed with it so it looked like I was out drinking whiskey constantly. And so I'm backstage at one point during it's like second weekend shows, and one of the actresses I got just got texted by the director who's in the booth going, "Hey, you need to go on stage. You need to go get the dildo." I'm like, "Fucking dildo." why is there a dildo? And apparently I never noticed this. Apparently one of the, at uh, the actor who played angel uh, used a dildo and the song, like had with hold on, held on to a dildo or something like, I don't remember that being a thing, but okay. And so I came out and center stage is this big black dildo, just center stage lit up by the light. Like it had fallen off a card or something in the perfect spot to be lit up and no one else is out. And so I just saunter out you know, my Santa outfit, Looking like shit. I look around. I grab it and stuff in my pants and keep going. <laughs> during a performance? Yeah, it was during a show. And it's just it's a minute of silence of- <laughs> so the audience is like okay yeah, yeah and they're like, this is an interesting
0: interpretation of uh-huh. I, like, don't, <laughs> I don't remember seeing that in a previous production but okay <laughs> sure that <laughs> works that worked hmm. i mean they laughed so i'm like oh thank god it worked that's one thing i like about live theater though is you have these random things that happen and that's yes. actually part of what makes it fun like stuff like that like when i tripped over i remember once i was in a show and um I basically was uh, goes to blackout and I'm just supposed to exit the stage and, and exit through a door. And right next to the door was this really short bookshelf. And so, of course, you know, you're on stage, the lights are bright, and as soon as it goes dark, right. you can't see anything. And so, you basically kind of, I know where the door is, and I'm walking towards the door, and literally, like, you know, hit the hit the bookshelf instead of the door, and I'm going over. And luckily, like, there was somebody standing on the other side, one of the stage crew, and kind of caught me, but apparently, you could hear me uh, in the audience from the background basically doing that, oh, shit, like, as I'm, like <laughs> as I'm falling over this bookshelf, and it's like, oh god so you know stuff like that makes it worthwhile it's
1: it's funny the things that you like nearly happen i i fell on glass on stage once too i i don't know how this was there was i was in a a neil simon play and i fell i tripped and i landed on glass on stage and we didn't have i don't know where it came from we never had glass and i was this was some time i was 17 so that year was a rough year for me now that i think about it i got hurt a lot i don't know why but i like I had looked and I there was this glass sticking out of my hand. And I look over and I the actress who's already really pale is like somehow getting paler. And I'm like, for some reason, I decide while still doing the dialogue just to pull it out. Just like oh. <laughs> and I could see her. And I'm then like sit down real slow. And I go, just grab a pillow and stuff. Like I just desperately <laughs> bunch <just> stuff <laughs> on there. I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm not passing out yet, I guess. It worked. <laughs> it's that adrenaline paying off. No. Yeah. That's that whole stage health thing. I swear by that you will pull it together for a show at the last second. Usually. Oh, it's
0: totally true. Yeah. Like dedicated. You're like, Oh no, I'm going to work through this. And uh, yeah. Cause you don't want to be the one person that like fucks it up for any reason.
1: Oh, exactly. You're, exactly. You don't want to be that asshole. No,
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay, if I'm unconscious completely, that's an excuse. Beyond that I'm going. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> If I am absolutely incapacitated, fine. Well, that's like I know we're.
0: Uh, this isn't on either of us, but that uh, what was that Mission Impossible thing with Tom Cruise? Whether you're a fan or not, but um, he in the last Mission Impossible movie, he like jumped across a roof and uh, broke his foot in the jump. And what's interesting, you know, and he was still ziplined in and stuff, but he he right. does the jump and he doesn't quite make it. And oh, he lands wrong. Lands wrong, breaks his foot, Ooh. but still manages to kind of get up, pull himself off, and keep running. And I saw like an interview, and he was talking about it, and he was like, "I knew my foot was broken, but I I knew like if we don't get it on this take, it's not happening because my foot's broken." <laughs> you know, like yeah. So he gets up, forces himself to kind of run the rest of the way, and then they have to, of course, shut production down for like a few weeks with his broken foot.
1: Yeah, he's someone I definitely like he's an interesting person and there has definitely rather eccentric, but I got to have, I offer some serious respect in terms of like, he does his own stunts. I remember, like stuff like that. i do remember. I think he did. There was one movie, one of the mission impossible movies. He's actually like tied to a plane or something like that. And he actually did something like that. And I'm like going, okay, I'm believing doing your stunts and all that, but there's certain like, all right, <laughs> there's the line. There's the line. So I got some respect for pushing through, even with a broken foot. Cause wow
0: yeah yeah that's the thing like you know like him or not as an actor i kind of feel the same way i do kind of respect him for his dedication mm-hmm. anyway so let's jump back to uh your career so what do you what are you doing now is it mostly just voiceover work with everything being shut down are you actually getting voiceover work
1: uh, i've been doing voiceover work mostly uh this is like i said this is mostly been recording for golden comedy but uh that's pretty much been mostly what's going on and there's been like you know a couple months ago last year there'd be a couple of other there'd be a i'd be in for other shows once in a while for background voices or something like that but so but yeah they've been doing like home setups now thankfully and all that so it's not Voiceover work is a little easier to work with. I feel like Oh wait, Well, e- it is way easier to work with than trying to do a film set because, you know, they have all their COVID protocols now and things like that. Meanwhile, with voiceover, odds are you're able to go, hey, I got home set up and you can just go record, do the stuff. And so it's it's a lot less of a hassle. So it's po- it's a pos- it's possible to do it.
0: Are they doing filming in Texas
1: right now? Um some things are commercials are other things but it's a lot slower than it was and especially considering that a lot of them are having to dedicate a a good amount of funding towards covid protocols mind you of course there's student films and all that it's like please don't be thick and show up yeah that's exactly when you get here we'll make you like wash your hands
0: and uh (laughs) We'll give you hand
1: sanitizer.
0: Put put masks on in between scenes and stuff and we'll call it like that. But yeah, no, I agree. Like I was on a, a major production here a few months back and I was really impressed with the COVID protocols. Like I felt safer in that production than I do going to the grocery store when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, they had, oh, pe- yeah. they had, they tested us multiple times throughout the production. They, you know, were hardcore really? about mask wearing and like make keeping people separated. And it was so funny because like the, making sure your masks were on in between takes. And literally it was like, as soon as the take was over, hmm. put your mask on, take it off for the take, put it back on. Like they were hardcore strict about it. It was pretty impressive
1: i respect that that's i think that's the way we need to go with this in order for us to be able to actually come back as an industry since especially considering so many people especially yeah. the united states are kind of like no it's infringing my freedoms it's like dude it's, it's keeping people from dying stop it <laughs> i don't totally it's like yeah you know you wear clothes every day right
0: so <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly no shoes, no shirt, no service. I don't see what the problem is
0: with yeah. put your mask on. Exactly. It's not, hard. it doesn't hurt you. That's my argument with people too, is I'm like, you know, cause people are like, it doesn't do anything anyways. And I'm like, well, maybe it doesn't, but it doesn't hurt. Right. Yeah. You know, like it, it doesn't cause you physical pain to put a fucking mask on your face when you're in a fucking grocery store.
1: Yeah. It's it's funny. It's the same people that are like, like, you know, Tom's like, don't be whiners and making, like, mocking, you know, our generation. And it's kind of like, really, man? You're gonna bitch <laughs> you about a mask. And then constantly poke us and you guys are so snowflakes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, Not really. Man. I don't know about that. Because we don't cry about wearing masks. <laughs> <laughs> I, and it's funny having the... Uh, I apologize for any people who are actually named Karen, but the Karens out there, you know, it's like they lose their mind about those kind of things.
0: You know, nobody's naming their child Karen anymore.
1: No, I feel bad. I feel bad for anyone who's an actual who's actually Karen who's nice because it's like I'm a nice person. I'm like, yeah, but your name got ruined. You might want to focus on that middle name of yours. I'm sorry. (laughs) Exactly. Sucks. (laughs) It sucks.
0: Um, so for voiceover work, how do you usually find voiceover work? Is it through your agent, through you know online backstage, that kind of stuff?
1: Uh, you can do a lot of stuff backstage. Actors Access has a lot of stuff. Usually, um, honestly, you can usually find you can usually find things like look online, looks into like uh, was a casting call club and things like that for if you're trying to get into the industry. Mm-hmm. But I. I always say, be cautious, especially if it's not like a company, a proper company, because you never know if someone's trying to, you know, hose you over someone, you know, like, you know, always be on watch for someone trying to scam you, but, and you can look and find ways to, you know, if your spider sense starts tingling, you should trust your spider spider sense. But, uh, yeah, I find it usually through backstage director's access, or like, um, if you get in through, if you manage to get in. Funimation now, for example, you have to you have to have your agent and they have an SB Reputable one to get you in to do voiceover work and then your agent will get you in. But I had my I had I had already been doing it before I got my new agent. And so I had so I introduced and so now she takes care of she gets everything scheduled and all that. So yeah, it's through the agent nowadays, oftentimes. Do you go
0: in very, I mean, maybe not now, but maybe before the pandemic, like how often are you in the studio there versus recording at home, for example?
1: Oh, okay. Uh, I was not recording it at home. They weren't really doing that, but unless you were like in LA or something like that, but if you were, yeah. So before then you would just come in, but nowadays you have the option where you can come in and they're actually, they actually handling it really well. I'll give them that. They, uh, have a very, very safe, you know, like you do not encounter really a human being in the hallway. You get like, they, you let them know, you sent, you let them know that they're here, whoever's a person, and then they let you in and you go down the hall by yourself and there's, and you follow these arrows towards wherever you're supposed to go. You know where to go. You don't encounter anyone. You go in there, there isn't anyone a booth, you close the door and you do it. And you have all these things like you can put a, uh, you can like these, they have these little pads to put on the microphone. So you don't like uh, risk contaminating anything. Wow. That's good. Yeah. So if you do it right, you don't have to see a single soul. It's a perfect introvert's dream.
0: Yeah. <laughs> on the other side of a window somewhere, there's a voice telling you what to do. And. Oh yeah. Well,
1: usually they're at the directors are, well, some of them, I don't know if they're there, but I think a lot of them are at home just to minimize the amount of people. So everyone. So. It's kind of funny being there and then knowing that your director's probably at home in their pajamas or something like that. Like they're going, yeah, I'm going to need you to put more balls in the character. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice. What's your home setup like?
1: Uh, my home setup, I have a little bit of foam over here that I use, although it's the microphone I have is good, but generally they want like a stuff like annoyment or something like that. But so I, been recording actually my parents live down the street i like i bought a house 10 minutes away from my parents house my dad has a his own home studio so oh, i just that's drive handy. over there okay yeah so i know everyone should just drive to their parents house where there's a prof- where there's a professional microphone and interface set up but mine's i got like a rode nt1 and the a is it ai one yeah okay. ai one interface and it does good work it's solid um but it's It's, I think it's pretty much like just the tier before it's like the really high quality microphones that they'll ask you if they're doing, if you're doing like broadcast or, um, any, a show. So,
0: so depending on the project, it'll be like, okay, you need to be using this quality of equipment. And so when you need that higher quality, you can head down the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, that's nice for you. And that's handy. Yeah.
1: Hey, yeah, I'll take it.
0: <laughs> All right. So uh, what, a uh, couple more questions here and we can wrap up. What sure. uh, What advice would you give to anybody that wants to get into voiceover work?
1: Uh, first things first. And I will say this to anyone who asks is, uh Hell, I'll even tell this to anyone who doesn't ask. Uh, do theater. Find a way to do theater. Find a way to act in any way. And I know people are, some people will say, well, but I don't really want to do that. Then you're not really interested in acting. You're interested in just doing voiceover. You need to do acting and theater because you get the training there that you can pull inside so you can do your voiceover work. Take as many classes as you can. There are lots of really good classes. Check in with your buddies uh, that are in the industry or if you can find out like what classes they recommend and just get as much training as possible because that a lot of people who are willing to hire you, they don't want to have to develop you. They don't want to have to train you themselves while they're literally paying you. They're paying you to know what you're doing, so they to just they're just they want to direct you to where and mean you need to be directable. So you need to have training and develop your technique and skills so that they can direct you into the performance they want. No,
0: it's perfect, good advice because it is true uh, that how how much work goes into it that you don't realize. You know, people think, "Oh, you just go in, you say the lines is believable," and it's like, no, you gotta. You, there's a lot more to it than that. And yeah, you're right. Yeah. Professional acting training is the way to go. So yeah, yeah, good advice. It's,
1: thanks. It's one of those things that it's you know, it's like that image, and I it gets annoying when you see those like motivational, inspirational images, but you know, it's like the iceberg one. It's like the tip of it is like the performance, and then underneath it is years of training, all these classes, constant, you know, constantly just. It's just years of work oftentimes. And if you're not willing to do that, then my question is how dedicated is someone to actually doing it?
0: Totally. Next question, social media or anything like that. If people want to track you down, where would they find you?
1: Uh, I have mine is uh, on Twitter. I have Quinn Angel on Instagram. It should be, it's uh, Daniel Quinn Angel. My first name's Daniel, but no one calls me that if they actually know me. No one. No, I just for some reason i've always just gone by quinn it's like one of those things where i just i always just preferred how it sounded because I, I mean well i mean in college you know you everyone they everyone's named daniel it seems like half the guys are named daniel and so it's like quinn there we go boom i don't have to worry about it there is not gonna be another quinn in here odds are and if there are i have to kill them it's required <laughs> we have to fight each other to the death that's it's brutal man
0: all right and last question golden Kamuy. where can people watch it if they want to see it
1: uh golden calmly you can Calm look on the funny... I know i
0: keep mispronouncing it <laughs> so
1: golden grr, where can dude. people see that dude it's all good everyone it's hard to not mispronounce things because oftentimes you know a Japan, an anime it's a japanese show and uh it is one of those things where you will caught con- there's you'll have to ask a couple times like, how do you say that it's this right but you just get used to it but um you can find it on the Funimation website, the fun, the app they have. Cause uh, I know Sony bought Crunchyroll, but I have no idea what they're doing with that. If they're going to start like showing both, you know, Funimation shows on there as well. Cause Sony owns both Funimation and Crunchyroll now. Okay. So probably combine them. I imagine.
0: I don't know.
1: I have no idea. And I'm not and that's way above my pay grade to try and even said that. So I'm just, so it's on the Funimation website. It's a, we're in season three. We're, and it's, Going strong. It's a hilarious show. If you uh, if you like Indiana Jones mixed with I guess kind of like JoJo a little bit. It's an it's a it's a funky show. Yeah, I'll check it out. Also, not for kids. It is. It's got a lot of blood. Not sure about guts, but probably guts and stabbings and lots of cussing and half naked men mostly.
0: (laughs) Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, there you go, (laughs) podcast listeners. You want blood, guts, and half naked men, all animated golden Conways the Conway,
1: Conway. <laughs> yeah comeway you got you got that you got man <laughs> dude all right, it's all good all maybe right. I, maybe I should from now on just every time I just intentionally mispronounce every time just to confuse anyone <laughs> screw people up yeah <laughs> <laughs> done let's
0: go sweet all right well that was great man thanks for uh chatting with me we I know we kept getting off track there but it was uh all interesting subject so
1: know it it's up. all good it's natural way conversation so that was I had a lot of fun thanks man